Good morning, Chicago and the rest of the world. Welcome to the Money, Sex, Gen X podcast, mm-hmm. season five, six, two, episode number six. Unbelievable. Should you go to church? Wow. Great topic wow. today. Can't wait to talk about it. I am your host with the most. Come on. The man with the plan. Yeah, he is. The Scotty Pippen. Mm. A podcast. Hey, yes. Mr. Eric McLeod, aka E, get the money. E, get to the bag. Get the money. Yes, money. Sir. As I say every week, Stu, I am never alone. I am joined by the G of Genius Lab. Mm. A, I like a that. dope cat who curates dope. People. Indeed. Dope People Podcast. Kanye of the stock trade. Stop it. Music mogul in the making. My co-host, my brother, my homie, Big Stu. Bo, 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 bo. They already know what it is. You know what it is. This is your man, Big Stu. Thank you, E-Money. You always come through with the amazing introductions, man. Right, brother, I try, try to throw the new G of Genius Lab in it. I saw that. Like. I like that one. I love that one. That's that's one that that might be the next tattoo. You know, the what I mean? G of Genius Lab. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We want to thank you all for tuning in today. We got a great show. Uh, we're going to intro our guests in a minute. But first, if you like what we're doing, please like, comment, share. Our YouTube page is doing really well, so go over there and subscribe. Check out a few episodes. We're going to start putting up some shorter clips, too. And um, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. Join in some life game conversations. That's right. That's right. And if you get a chance, why you life game, drop life game, drop MSG 100 in the chat. No doubt. Let us know you're out there. Indeed. Big Stu, we got to let the people know about the merch. What's up? Yeah, well, if you go to our website, if you go to our website, and our website is Money Sex Gen X Podcast.com, you go to our website, you'll find all these old past episodes, yep. first few seasons, but then you also get to click on merch. Okay. And if you click on merch, it'll take you to the Money Sex Gen X shop. Okay. All Tank right. tops. Look at this that. Is Who mental can I health trust edition. with my stuff? Yeah, that's the mental health edition. Okay. Who can I trust with? You need a therapist. We all should get some sort of therapy. Looking good. Looking good. The soul ties left unchecked. What a great episode. Soul ties left unchecked. Wow. It's equal to an STD. <laughs> wow. She can't believe episode she said worth that. Checking out. Which episode was, what number episode was that? Number, I think it was four. Four, but it four, was about okay. celibacy. Celibacy, you got you all got to check that one out. Celibacy, and the conversation was around the soul chat, soul ties from having sex, and if you leave them unchecked, they'll stay with you and be an irritant to you. And she said, the guest, Lady Hope, soul ties left unchecked. Is equal to an STD. Preach. Wow. Preach. Wow. Equal to an STD. That's powerful. That, okay. Yeah. So we have a lot of different colors in that tank tops. And I mean, I'm sorry, t shirts and hoodies for that one. 
this is one this one i think this was also our mental health you're only selfish to people who can't get their way with you that was a quote from the episode that was a quote from you actually i believe wow I think you said that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and that's something out. I would say, I do believe that. I believe that. That was a stewism. That's, that's a stewism. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Y'all heard it yeah. here first on Money, Sex, Gen X. There's your favorite mug. There it is. There it is. You have. We owe our guests from last. We owe our guests to, let me, before I forget, we owe our guest Bridget Scarborough from last week. She wants a mug. We have to get it to her. We, gotta we really got to get our weight up to get all of our guests a gift. Yes. Yeah, all of our guests. We and we need yeah. to go back and even make it right with our past guests. We, yeah, it's no coming, doubt. y'all. Y'all, y'all just keep tuning in. It's coming. We got you. We got you. We got you. What, what else? What else do we have? Um, uh, the throw rug. You know, the healthy eating ease into eating better. You don't have to just jump into it. You can ease into better eating, eating yeah. better. Um. So yeah, man, go out to the store. Champion quality products, champion gear. You still got to get masked up. Book bags, nighties for the 90s, for yeah. the ladies. You know, no both doubt. of our ladies have this this jaunt right here. That's that's no that's doubt. cute. Yep. Leggings, ladies, so on. So a whole bunch of stuff. So go over there, grab you some socks, grab you something. Birthdays, Christmas. That's what we got going on, man. That's that's okay. what's happening on. The Join shop. the movement. Join the movement. I think MSG merch is for the bold. You know, you got to be okay with not worrying about what somebody says about what you got on. And, you know, it's, a, it's sort of a, a movement, a movement yeah. and a mindset. So, yeah, get some merch and, and represent the movement. All right, Big Stu. So today we're talking about a very important topic. I don't know if you and I personally have even had a conversation about this, this church conversation, but let's bring on our guest. He is qualified to give us yeah. his perspectives on this, and we have learned something today. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, I I'm, I did all this preparation, and there's one thing I don't have in front of me that 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 we're supposed to, that I'm supposed to, because he provided it. We asked him for it. So I don't, I'm not looking at his bio. I'm not. And I think God is moving in this moment. Cause I usually have the bio. Re- you even sex this morning. Stu, can you introduce your man? I was like, sure. No problem. Easy. And I normally would have it. All, I do not have the bio. So let me, I got to freestyle it. All right. This is all God's right. work. It ain't me. Cause I want the bio. I don't want to freestyle. But he said, do it. This is my man's, y'all. This is my man's, Stephen J. Thurston Jr., the second. I met Stephen J. through um, Josh Mercer and Quinn Riley. Rest in peace, Quinn Riley. When I was working at uh, doing some work, Urban League. You remember that, Stephen? Yep. Urban League. So let me tell you, this brother um, is a godsend. He is a PK. He's a preacher's kid. His father is known to a lot of baby boomers and older Gen Xers and the lost generation. He is his father's pastor, Stephen J. Thurston. And the name of that church is New Covenant Baptist Church. New Covenant. Oh, I know. Yeah. Come on. Oh, okay. If you're from Chicago, you heard of New Covenant. Y'all. Yeah, I've been there. Ain't no, been there. Okay. You've been to New Covenant. That's his yeah, pops, sir. man. Yes, okay. Stephen J. Uh, Stephen, Stephen J. is a ordained pastor who I got confirmation on that. Uh, right before we went live um businessman always been stand up 
thorough, humble, hilarious, well-dressed, well-poised brother. And I've always had an affinity to Stephen J. Stephen J helps where he can help. Um, I don't ever recall if he, he's, I think he told me no, and it didn't even sound like a no. I think he told me no once and the no still sounded like I got you, you know, so very, 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 very well, well poised, great energy and well-respected, um, a, a legend by name and birthright in the city of Chicago and throughout an activist. I do know that. Um, a, a coach, relationship coach. Um, I could go on and on. Do you have you authored a book yet, Stephen J? Yeah, yeah, book drop. Book author. I, re I remember yeah, a couple of years yeah. ago, or a few years ago, right? Yep. You'll talk about that author, motivator, speaker. Hey, y'all, we have with us none other than Stephen J. Thurston. Give it up for Stephen J. Honored to be with you, Stu and E Money. Thank you, yes, sir. Yes. Thanks for sharing your platform. Yeah, Thank you for man. That introduction, man. I'm gonna take you with me next time I'm on stage. Come on, everybody <laughs> keeps saying that. Y'all gotta make good on that. I'm willing to do it, bro. I'm no willing doubt. to do it. Well, brother, thank you for joining us this morning. I felt some really good energy from you in the green room. You know, we always have really good guests, but sometimes people are a little nervous. I didn't feel in the green room, and you know, you made it known. I, I do this, you know, I'm not new to this, so that's great. I yes, felt a very genuine energy. So thank you for coming today. So we always kind of start off by talking about why we wanted to do this episode. Cool. All right. So, so usually me and Big Stu have had a previous conversation about this topic. You know, we might talk for 30, 40 minutes. This one we didn't. But why I thought it was important is because obviously we got COVID going on right now. Uh, we got a surge in violence happening. We have a lot of people who are losing their jobs, a lot of people who are deciding to leave their jobs because, because they want to stay in a virtual environment due to the pandemic. And it made me start to think about the different things that people do, Stephen, to kind of keep themselves well, yeah. right? To keep their mental wellness. And I thought about this, this question crossed my mind and it was really clear. It was, is the church really helping black people in 2022 and it wasn't about trying to single out the black church it was just something that i thought thought about because i had a recent experience and so i was like well maybe we should have a whole episode dedicated to this topic and try to get to because a lot of people out there that might be going through some stuff and they might not be viewing the church as a potential option yes. so i wanted to just dive into it and see what we come up with I like how you're thinking, man. I love it. Okay. Okay, good. So first, we always do, and this is one of Stu's favorite things, we do actual factuals. Before we get into our experiences and what we believe, we try to pull some data to kind of support the conversation. Yes, sir. Um, we have uh, some data scientists that we leverage called Olivine Spencer Consulting. If you need some market research, check them out. Uh, but this is what they found, Stu. So the Pew Research Center surveyed 8,660 black adults across the United States very recently. Shout out to Pew Research, man. They Pew come Research, through, bro. I, no unbelievable. And they did this very recently, specifically about black people. So this is what they came up with. Um, Dr. Clyde Posley Jr. of Antioch Baptist Church in Indianapolis says, I don't think there should be a black church. There isn't a black heaven and a white heaven. 
Mm. A proper church will one day eschew the label of black church and be a universal church. Mm. So that was interesting. So I want to definitely talk about that. Um, some other research that came back, it said that um, among black adults who go to religious services, 60% attend churches where the senior clergy and most of the congregation are black. 25% went to multiracial congregations. 13% are a part of congregations that are predominantly white or some other ethnicity. So that was interesting. Uh, among 30 black pastors and religious leaders interviewed by Pew, some predicted that the black church attendance will continue to shrink and the multicultural congregations will continue to increase. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Sure. And the last one that I thought was a good one is um, the survey found that 66% of black Americans are Protestant, 6% are Catholic, which I would have thought that was higher, 3% identify with other Christian faiths, mostly Jehovah Witnesses. Now that's interesting to me because I grew up as a Jehovah Witness. I'm not one now, but I grew up, my mother was a Jehovah's Witness, so that was interesting. And then 21% you all are not affiliated with any religion and identify as atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular. So those would, would, are would, non would non denominational fall under that last one, 21%? No? No. And why not? That's, that's a good question. Non denominational is, they still traditionally fall within the Christian context. Uh, they just don't ascribe to the particular doctrine of a particular denomination. We're not going with Church God and Christ. We're not going with Baptist, Methodist. We, we just believe Jesus. And really what it is, it's it becomes a, a hodgepodge of different faith traditions within the Christian realm that are kind of merged together. And they just don't identify with one particular one. That's pretty much what non-denominational is, because you can see elements of some of everything and everybody in those environments. Okay. I definitely didn't know that. Okay. Now, okay. out of those stats that we gave, Stephen, are there any of them that kind of jumped out at you that you want to respond to or kind of give us some insight <clears> on? Yeah, the very first statement, if we could deal with that one about there not being a black church, no need for a black church. I want to know who's putting the money behind the black man that said that. Always got to follow the money when Ow. it comes to research and data. That's Come bullshit. On, Come wow. on, man. All right, give why. it to him. Give it to him. Because white people are not going to allow a black man to lead their soul. Mm, this is what I'm talking about, E-Money. This is what I'm few, talking about, E-Money. Very few white people will allow a black man to lead their soul. And so <clears throat> whenever you have white people that come into black spaces or want black people in white spaces in the church realm, it's always from a place of dominance. When you see the, when we look at the data and the numbers on those multi-ethnic church, that's a different type of black person that goes to that church generally. Um, and you'll notice in those church contexts that black people can only be in certain spaces in those churches. They're never on the trustee board. They're right. never on the deacon board. They're never on the finance team. They're not behind the scenes in the power position, uh, power making positions. They lead in worship. They own the instruments. They can usher. They're leading uh, maybe some role in children's ministry, but power positions they do not have. White people have historically come into the scene to conquer and control. And that even 
is present in the church space in the Christian faith. I'm so, already blown. I'm over here. I'm over here with my mouth. Oh, I'm just like blown away. I appreciate Absolutely. the candor. Now, and, and when they try to one, one more piece on that, when they try to when yeah, we try to do this whole merging thing, it's always our perspective, our lens, our presentation of worship of God is always kind of like pushed down. We always have to adapt to their way. So again, that that's not going to work. We got to have a black church because there's a black experience that's rich, and they they're not going to allow us to do what we do in our right. fullness and just be. So there's always going to be a black church because black people need an environment where they can just be, where they can be free to speak, where they can be free to worship in our ways, where we can tap back into our ancestral roots. Because some of the elements that take place in the black church, it really don't have nothing to do with Jesus, God. It's tapped into our culture and our history from the motherland. The shouting and giving God praise, tap dancing that you go to Africa, spend some time there. I do. That comes from there. And it's really not, you know, if you research the Genesis, it's not giving, it's not about a God thing. Um, but we've adapted that into our worship experience. And I'm not knocking it, but we right. just have to understand where things come from. And that ain't what they do in the white space. And they're not going to give us the space to be us because it's about conquering and domination. Man. Wow. You know, we saw a recent example of exactly what you're saying on, what's that show that Oprah Winfrey had about the church? Uh, it's Is on it a Netflix. movie or no? It's a series that a lot of people were watching. Greenleaf. Greenleaf. Uh -huh. So Greenleaf was an example of there was a powerful black church run by a family, and then some other non-black people came in to take those people out of the control that they had of their church. I mean, it was a lot of different stuff that happened. But towards the end, it's basically like they're telling you, like, you're not, like, to your point, you're not going to be able to lead the church. You're not going to be able to do this. And it was a church that they actually owned before these people came into play. So I can imagine how often that's coming into play and how it's turning in. It's more business focused also than spiritual focus. You know, they viewed it as a corporate uh, merger. Corporate merger and takeover. Hostile, it was like a hostile takeover. Yeah, uh, they, you know that's how I took it. So that's a great point. Now, Stu, have you kind of witnessed this in your life? What, what Stephen is talking about? No, I mean no. I, I I don't even. This is so. I'm so blown away because I've never even had the inclination to have this conversation at this level if, with this perspective. So, you know, you bring mm -hmm. up Greenleaf is kind of interesting because I, I I have seen episodes of it, and I do imagine that there's a lot of you know, mirroring of reality in Greenleaf in the church. Oh, yeah. I mean, the church is the church. It's still humans involved. Sure. And and it's they all humans. This is period. Like the pastor's still a man, you know, the the the, the first, you know, so um, but no, I think I'm enlightened to to learn this morning so far about the perspectives of why why a black church is needed. In That's like to them that talking about point. we don't need HBCUs. Hell, what do, right. what do you mean? Right. Y'all wouldn't let us, so we created our own. And yes. again, the black church is the same way. They would not let us, so we created our own. So, Imani, yeah. I think it's a, this is a great segue, I think, to uh, having e, uh, Stephen answer your burning question. And I don't know if, if you're okay with, with going there in this yeah, very moment. Cool. Like, I think this you is know, the perfect time. The perfect perfect time. segue. I'm interested to hear your perspective on this 
Stephen, is the church really helping black people? And and it, you know, let's change it to 2021, 2022. Yeah. Is the church really helping us? I think some are and some are. I don't think it's a it's a monolithic piece. Uh, every context is different. <clears throat> I'm a critic of the church. I've been yes, here my yeah. whole life, fourth generation yeah. preacher, pastor, <clears throat> all of that. So I bring a different lens and I'm an outlier, too. Um, and so though I'm inside, I'm a whole lot outside and I bring that lens to it. And I think that the church has to do better. Many of the pastors that are in play now, the senior leaders, uh, they were equipped to do ministry in the 20th century. They were not equipped to do ministry for the 21st century. So as time has progressed, methods have changed, uh, approaches have changed, the demographics have changed. Church has not kept up with the pace of change. <clears throat> and so in many contexts, they're outdated in so many ways. And so we now find that the church is not as impactful, not as effective for certain demographics uh, within our community, certain age groups. They feel that the church is irrelevant. It makes it makes no point. It has no point. The preaching has no point. The output of the ministry has no point. And so I am a critic of pastors passing the baton because I believe that many leaders have stayed too long. Many uh, baby boomers are operating in the leadership space that Gen X and younger should be operating in. They were supposed to take us to the Red Sea and lead us through the Red Sea mm -hmm. and not into the promised land. They're supposed okay. to be passed on for somebody younger to take us into the promised land and they holding up the progress. And so their mindset concerning ministry is not relevant to serve this present age. And so it's like, get out the way. So some of us younger folk who still got the energy, the vigor, the vitality, the imagination, and we have a true pulse on young people can reach people. Uh, one of the other, you kind of alluded to it in those stats and data, but the largest demographic of African-Americans falls within the unchurched and the de-churched. And the church is equipped just to deal with the churched people, not the unchurched or the de-churched. Why are we not diving into those pools? If our mission is to lead souls to Christ and make change in people's lives, why the hell are we not equipped to do that? Because right. we got old ass people who don't have what need what's needful and necessary in our current context to reach the people that need to be reached, to bring them along, to make the church relevant and real for our present age. You said a word that really yeah. jumped out at me. I watched this video this morning at like three o'clock this morning by a brother from a brother named Myron Golden. I love Myron Golden. I love Myron Golden. Oh, you up on him? Okay, I saw him on um, David Shan's podcast, and then I started watching. I went down a rabbit hole, a bunch of videos. But anyway, he was talking about four ways to add value, Stephen, and he hit on a concept that you talked about. I'm going to name the top two that he said. Uh, one was communication. So he was talking about how one of the best ways to add value into an environment, or he, he was also talking about making money, is to be a strong communicator. And this kind of hits to some of your points about what needs to be revamped. Communicating in a way that touches people, not yes. just talking, just talking, talking, talking. But the number one way that he said that you add value, and this, this specific word you said is imagination. And he was talking about how when you bring imagination to the table and that's yes. how you approach things, that is the greatest way to add value. And so it applies to what you just said about the church. It seems to be an element of imagination that is woefully missing. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, the, the, the older group, crew, they've stopped dreaming. They've stopped visioning. 
They, they don't have the imagination. They don't know how to connect in this space. The fact that we, we've got churches um, that still aren't on social media platforms and they're fighting like hell to stay away from them. Like what's wrong with you? What, so we'll talk to me about that. So one of the, one of the things that occurred, I started taking over the uh, youth group in my church. I'm, I'm, I'm over there with Reverend Wells, Derek B. Wells. Johnny, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm a member of Christ universal temple. And um, yeah, so there are, I hear there's some churches that is, why, why, why is there such a, a resistance? Why is there such resistance with adapting to this virtual space? Like, can you, can you explain any of that? Give me some insight on that. Sure. Sure. Confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance are one of the greatest <laughs> players great, <laughs> of our people. There's a futurist that said the most illiterate people of the 21st century aren't individuals who can't read or write. It's individuals who can't learn, unlearn, and then relearn. And many people in the church context have failed to engage that process of learning, unlearning, and then relearning, again, to stay current and stay relevant. And so if for all these years you've talked about the Facebook is the devil, and you demonize these platforms, and now COVID comes, and that's the only way we can reach people. Wow. <laughs> right, right, what, what, right. How are you going to justify your demonization? Right, right. And it was really you just lacked understanding and information, and you were afraid to step outside of your comfort zone. Wow. Because it's, change really boils down to control. People aren't afraid to change. People are afraid, afraid to lose, of control, lose control or perceived control. Perceived. And in the black church, the black church for many black people is the only thing that we control. Because on Monday morning, they get up and go to a white man's job, a white man's office, Come on, live in Stephen a white J. man's world. And church, that's why that deacon fights like hell against the preacher, because that's the only place he has power and position. The only place he has a voice. His dog won't even lick his feet at home. His wife won't even make dinner for him. But in church, I'm deacon such and such. And I'm wow. And so you get those dynamics, post-traumatic slave syndrome that's passed down through epigenetic transmission. And so those elements impact us in this place where we own everything, where we control everything, and we want to keep things as they are. Because if we let go, if we change, if we shift, if we let young person come in and control our media, I'm losing power and control. Church stays up. It goes backwards. And now they're looking at me crazy. And I'm like, two years ago, I was talking about metaverse. We need to tap into the metaverse, get a virtual church. They literally oh, laughed me wow. out of the staff I meeting. Thought about that. Wow. They laughed, laughed you out of the staff, staff meeting. I was like, hey, let's get the virtual headsets. Let's get it to our members who are out of town because we got members across the globe. Yeah. Let's do that so that they can feel like they're actually in the sanctuary. They laughed at me. COVID hits. We go virtual. We were already on that. But now we've got people who are literally doing metaverse churches. I know the guy who has 300 members. His first launch, he had 300 new people that connected with his church in the metaverse. Yeah. Man, I know churches I, I never even thought crypto. about that. Give your offering. Give us, you, you can give your offering via Bitcoin. That's right. And that church is like, what, what is that? Bit what? Huh? Hmm? Crypt what? No, we got a church is always 15, 20 years behind something. Everybody else, every other industry. And so it takes the imagination and the ingenuity of young people. But y'all got to give us the power, old people. Let us do what we do. Let us rock this thing out so that there's posterity to the black church and we don't die out as those numbers are suggesting is going to happen. And we see it happening with so many churches across the country who used to be doing it. But now they're museums and mausoleums because they held on too long.
let me yeah, let me ask you a couple of questions, man. You're a likable guy, always have been. But you do I'm making some assumptions here. I would imagine you piss a lot of people off. Yes, sir. You piss a lot of people off because you say stuff you're never disrespectful, but you say stuff that most of us only think about and are too afraid to say. Yeah. Uh how is that? How are you dealing with that? Like, what is that experience? Like, you know, the, how are you dealing you. with that, man? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's in my DNA. Let's talk. Take a walk back down history lane. Uh, we hear so many people around King Day, Black History Month. Oh, I was with King. We, my grandma was King. That's a lie. Black people didn't like Martin Luther King. Black churches uh, yeah, didn't like Martin Luther King. Black pastors were not supporting Martin Luther King. Here right. in the city of Chicago, there were three churches that would allow him in his pulpit. You heard me right, three. One of those churches was New Covenant Baptist Church. My grandfather, John Thurston, and Dr. King were very good friends. If you ever go to the uh, African American History Museum in Washington, D.C., and get up to that level, you'll see an image of Dr. King's uh, horse-driven carriage being pulled down the street. There's a guy that's walking in front of the carriage. That's my grandfather. Okay. He's leading okay. his best friend to his final resting place. That's how close the relationship was. So Dr. King preached at the church. That's back in the day for those who know Chicago history. Old man Daly was running the show mm -hmm. and you didn't cross him. My grandfather gave zero. Y'all can fill in the blanks mm -hmm. about that. He did what we wanted to do. He was free. He had his own money. And that freedom has passed down from generation to generation. And my so father always made you. sure that I was in a place where I was free, where I didn't mm. have to be beholden to anybody. Taught me how to get my own money, manage my money well, so that I would have the freedom to say what mm. needs to be said without having a harness on. And that has continued throughout my life. You can get rid of me. You cannot invite me. That's cool. I'm a hustle. I'm going to get my paper. But I'm going to speak <laughs> truth for power. I'm going to say what needs to be said. And I know a lot of pastors are not in that position. They can't do it. They'll inbox me or see me. Hey, man, I love what you say. Thank you for saying it. I don't like stuff on your post because my members on there and I don't want them to see. I get it, man. I, I understand. <laughs> Let me be the mouthpiece and say what needs to be said to cause people to think, to consider, to look at things from a new lens, because I believe that's the only way we grow. And if I've got to be the sacrificial lamb, then power to the people. I'm going to do it. I'm going to raise my voice. And the only way you're going to shut me up is to kill me. So. Be ready because mm -hmm. I come packing too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the packing pastor. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, E. I already knew. Yeah, I, I already knew. I, I didn't. I, you know, hey, I love. There's not a lot of people who I knew that would give us what we needed for Money, Sex, Gen X on this topic. And um, I think all of this, God, this is ordained for all these years. We've been knowing each other for more than 10 years yeah. for moments like this. And this is what I want to. Uh, say and add imagine imagine what we are what we are creating here this time in history that is documented for eternity yes this conversation imagine what this conversation the weight of this conversation 10 years 20 years from now imagine where each of us will be in the impetus of this conversation now and the timeliness of it specific to where we are in the pandemic where we are with the changing of the guards in every institution imaginable. Women are leading households, digital currency, virtual education, virtual churches, uh, uh, lifestyle choices. Everything is changing. 
And this this moment in time is absolutely legendary and historic. And I'm super excited for where we go from here, even in this conversation. So again, no thank you for thank you for being willing to have this oh, yes, conversation sir. with us. I love this. And if you're just tuning in, this is the Money Sex Gen X podcast. This is season five, episode six. We are here with a brother who is not afraid to speak his mind. He is definitely in the cloth and he is still willing to be uh, very vocal about how he feels, even if it doesn't fit traditional uh, guidelines about how you're supposed to act, how you're supposed to talk. And I find it very refreshing. Now, I want to get into this. So I've been exposed to Islam, 5% nation, of course, you know, uh, Christianity, more recently, Scientology. And a lot of times when you say Scientology, people say, whatever. One of the things I learned in Scientology, Stephen, that I think is very important that ties into this conversation is we often still use words that we really don't know the meaning of. Yes. And by not knowing the meanings of these words, it contributes or leads to other problems in one's life. And so because of that, we got to walk this back for a second and tell the people, what is the definition, Stephen, of church? Mm. What does that word mean? Gotcha, man. Thank you for sharing a couple of things. Your faith journey. Um, So I'm going to get to your question, but I wanted just to highlight that because I hate Christians from this lens. We think that we know everything and we just got it right. And we never consider that we could be wrong. And we also never consider that other faith traditions have values and principles that that not only align with ours, but they've got stuff that we don't have and do stuff that we don't do that are beneficial uh, to humanity at large. Uh, And so I love connecting with people outside of my faith tradition so I can learn something so that I can grow, I can expand. And I I mean, with you walking through that path of those various faith traditions, you bring so much knowledge, insight and information to the table. Uh, So thank you for taking those journeys and not being stuck. So I had to Mm -hmm. highlight that, celebrate Mm -hmm. that. Church, um, it's a body. It's a collection. Uh, We've made it into a building, but it's not. It's not. And I I hate how, especially in the pandemic and trying to get people back into a building because preachers want butts in the seat. We've. We've bastardized that phrase, that term church, and made it about a building. Uh, collection. Let's, let's emphasize that real quick for the people. We've made it into a building. Is that what you said? We made it into a building, but it's not. Yeah, we made church about a building, and it's not. It's not. Okay. Yeah, All ecclesia, right. a community, a collection of, of individuals that come together. That That's All what right. it is. Collection of individuals that come together. And we come together in our various ways uh, for worship, for play, for for whatever we do. It's just a body, a collection of people that come together to form this body. I like that. I like that definition. Okay. Stu, what's your definition of church? Um, a building. It's a building. Okay. You know, um, you know, it's a building where you people who go to worship. You know, it's a it's a place where the, the spiritually ill can go to seek healing. Um, but I do recognize that we in church right now. There this is go. church there you go. right now. I do recognize that. Yeah. But the first thing that comes to mind when I think about 
let's go to church. I'm thinking about what's the address, where we're <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we churching right now, though. I do, I do know that about. So that's that's my definition of church is a is a building. It's a building. That's an honest answer. Now, Stu, I want to ask you this because Stephen spoke on this also. What is your tolerance for other? Because we've never talked about this. What is your right. tolerance for other points of view spiritually? I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. I'm open to various. Uh, I've I've practiced. Uh, I've messed around. I spent a whole bunch of years following Farrakhan, and I didn't have. I knew that I didn't have the discipline to be uh, fruit of Islam. Uh, so I mess around in the 5% nation as well. Um, okay. But I'm born, I'm a Johnny baby. And if you're in Chicago in the spiritual yeah. realm, you know what that means. I'm born into Christ Universal Temple. Um, so I always had that foundation and I'm back there now full time. But uh, I play, I'm down with Buddhism. I'm down with, you know, uh, there's some, I have my ideas about Catholicism, you know. I've heard some things about everything. I think there's a place for almost all of it. You know what I mean? I think there's a, I haven't come across anything other than Satanism. They're <laughs> devil worship. I'm like, I ain't fooling with that, you know, over there. but I think everything else I'm, I'm I can receive and take pieces from it all. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's like That's when fair. I put an address in on my GPS, it'll give me multiple paths to get to my final destination. There you go. Man, I, I say that all, all the time. I say that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. And you should be able to. I always felt like you should be able to access the one that makes the most sense to you, right? Sure. So, like, if we all decide we're going to go to DC on a trip and we take separate cars, but we all say, "Hey, we're going to get there by 8 a.m." I should be able to pick whatever car I want to pick to get there, right? As long as we all there at 8 a.m., it shouldn't matter. And that's how I've always viewed it. Now, I want to get a little bit deeper into this. All right, so. Stephen, you very eloquently talked about how the the way that the church is constructed presently, it's not appropriate to what's going on in society. You talked about how there are a lot of older people who don't want to give over the reins to the younger people. We talked about the unwillingness to communicate, which another thing I learned this morning that I want to bring up that relates to this is they talked about how some people will do work so that they can avoid communicating. Some people will do certain types of work, manual work, for example, so they can avoid communicating. Oh, now, I think talk to people. In the church, they don't want to. We're talking about it in a different way, but they're avoiding the communication, and that leads to a lack of imagination. So, I want to talk more about what are you doing because you seem to be a very innovative person in spirituality. What are you doing that's appropriate to what's going on in society right now? Yeah, man. So I just pitched this uh, in a staff meeting a couple of weeks ago, and we've got a couple of buildings that we own. And so I made the request that we would do a, engage in a partnership with mental health specialists, bring them into our building, have open uh, Thursday therapy is what I called it. And the building would be open that that, that physician, therapy. that mental health physician or you know, specialist would now have that building. So they would have another location that I don't want to charge them for members in the community and the church. They have access. If individuals don't have health care, we create a line item in our budget that helps to underwrite so many uh, individuals that can come in for therapy sessions, because I believe mental health is a critical component 
that we have to address yeah. and the church is prime place to do that. So that's one of the pieces of uh, most recent pieces that we're seeking to put in place uh, to serve this present age because ministry has to be different. We got different ills and needs. Suicide is more prevalent. That used to be, oh, that's what white people do. No, right. no, no. That's what we's doing and at young ages. And so we've got to tap into these spaces and places that church has traditionally said, uh-uh, that's taboo. Um, so that's that's one example. Preach, brother, preach. People need to hear this. Man, I love that. Yeah, we got to address the mental health. How can we have appropriate solutions without a mental health component? I want to go back to why part of what one of the reasons that really excited me about this conversation. There's, I, I want to, look, black folks in the church are broken right now. It's fragmented. Mm -hmm. There's a perception that only the big churches, only the the uh, uh, bishop, uh, uh, what's the big homie name down in Texas? Uh, Jakes. Only Bishop Jakes is doing it, and 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 this is Furtick, and and and. Yeah. You know, it's only a couple of us out here, a couple of you brothers out here that's doing and, and, and Hannah. Hannah, yeah, I used to go to this. You know, the, it, so it's almost like, you know, if you don't have a big congregation, you, you're almost irrelevant as a building. People ain't coming back into the into the to the building, and it's it, the numbers online, you know, are kind of fragmented. What is happening? From your perspective, Stephen Jay, with just the relationship and value and understanding of what it is to glorify and honor God that we are seem to be have gotten away from, particularly as a black society. Like we just don't talk and think about God like I remember when we came up. What is yeah, going yeah. on from that perspective there? Cool. Great, great question, man. Before I answer that, let me tap on to something that you said, because you're right. There's a misconception that it's only a few people out here that are doing it, that are meeting the needs. The average church in America has 100 people in it. OK, that's good. Average know. church in America has 100 people and all 100 ain't showing up every Sunday. And so when you see the, the mega church that those are outliers, that is not the norm. But that's who gets the press. And I know a lot of these pastors of smaller congregations and communities and they are doing the work. They just don't get the press. They're meeting the needs of the people in the congregation and community. And I always want to celebrate them because they're often not celebrated and they're demeaned and belittled because people just don't know what they're doing. And they don't have the, the capacity in many facets to do it on a bigger scale. And so we celebrate them. To your question. All right. So I'm a sociology major. I'm a sociologist. Got a degree in that area. So I look at it from a sociological lens. Crack had a major impact on the black community that people never traced down to the church. When you had the crack ep epidemic, it created crack babies. Those crack babies were then raised by grandparents. Grandmama then back in that day, most of them went to church. Sunday, you go to church, you come to church with me. And so grandmama took them to church. They get to grandmama's church. I don't like this. It's old. It's old fashioned. They ain't got nothing for young people. So when I get older, I ain't going to church. When I get of age where I can tell grandmama, no, I ain't going. That person is now a grandparent. And so you've got that person that disconnected from church, their kids that disconnected from church, their grandkids that disconnected from church. So many places in our community, you've got a disconnect that has lasted two, three or four generations, depending on how quickly they procreating 
four generations of disconnect from church, disconnect from God. And so now the church is trying to, well, where the people at? Where the young people at? And we or we, we go to funerals and they're like, oh, these young people are so unruly. They've got no respect for God's house. Hell, they don't know nothing about what we've been doing because nobody in their family for the past two or three generations has had any connection or relationship. That is why you see what you see in the question that you raise of people not having the reverence for church, the reverence for God, the reverence for the preacher. Back in the day, you walk by the church, you smoke your cigarette, you put it out. And, you know, all of that stuff that our elders used to do. None of that has translated because they've had no relationship, no connection. And the church has made no viable efforts to connect to these people because they lack the imagination to do so. And they lack the willpower to engage younger people who could reach those younger people over the course of those couple of generations. Yeah, um, and this is great. That's super great. Go ahead, E. Now, it made me think about something. So to that point, so for me, Supreme Mathematics gave me, and if you're not familiar with Supreme Mathematics, it's part of, maybe you are, it's, uh, part, it's, part, it's a tool that's used by 5% Nation to help people develop their mind and change their lives. So where you would maybe reference the Bible and other things, that their foundation would be the Supreme Mathematics. That helped me save my life. And our church was building in ciphers. So this is on the East Coast. You will see guys and earth building in a cipher. But when, what you just said made me think about something because you were saying people's view of God changed people's view of God. But I want to ask you something. What if a person has a different view of God than you do? How does that fit into this appropriation conversation that we're having? They might feel that they are God. How does that fit and how do you tap in and reach those people? Because the interesting thing about the Nation of Gods and Earth, back early in time, they went on the street literally to talk directly to the youth to the point where they were out there shooting dice with them. Clarence 13X, one of the primary leaders at the time, he was out there shooting dice because he knew, like you said, that those young people had to be reached. But now it's 2022. What does that look like? What could yeah. it look like? Yeah, great question. I believe there can be no discipleship unless there's first relationship. So that approach is critical and crucial. I mean, when I came back from school to pastor New Covenant, a lot of the guys in the neighborhood around New Covenant respected my dad, respected the church, but had no dealings because the church people seemed uppity and bougie and looked down upon them. Um, and they didn't recognize the people in the hood were protecting out of respect for my dad, making sure they got good and they were taken care of. And so I started building rapport and relationship. I wouldn't be in my office every day. I'd be on the block. I'd be on 79th Street. I'd be, I found out who was moving the weight, who was running the streets around there. And I connected with them and hung with them to the point where they started telling their baby mama, this is my pastor. No, for real. I'm connected to church. This is my pastor. This is my guy. I roll with them, hang with them. And I never beat them up for what they did. Never tried to stop their lifestyle, change it. And as a result of just being real and accepting where they were in life, understanding what they were doing, what they had to do. This ain't about flossing. I'm trying to feed my family. I got to move a little something. I was able to then move into a space of influence in their life. And we moved them from selling bricks to building bricks, getting into real estate. So all of that, that discipleship came as a result of relationship. And because of that, they started asking theological questions. Man, tell me about this God stuff and what you be talking about on Sunday. Help me to understand that. I remained open. This is about to be mutually beneficial. I'm about to learn from you, even from a theological lens, and you're going to learn from me. 
because we all have something to bring to the table. And I am a big proponent of what's known as deconstruction. And I think deconstruction is a critical space that preachers and pastors and church leaders need to move into where we deconstruct and we pull off some of the bullshit that's around our view of God, around our view of the Bible, the sacred text and everything that we do in church and just kind of scale back and get to what what's really important and take out all the fluff and the extra stuff. And I think because I've got that deconstructionist mindset, I'm open to having conversations and, and, and wrestling with stuff. That people bring to the table about perceptions of God, perceptions of the biblical text, perceptions of faith. And I believe that more uh, Christians need to move into that space of being open uh, because a, a, a strong, strong belief doesn't really equal strong faith. Mm. We do believe in some strong stuff belief. that really ain't rooted and connected. And so, well, you we know, we got, a, we got a couple of uh, new t shirts coming out we out do. of this episode. We do. We do. We do. <laughs> You I guess gonna start. I guess, today, I guess gonna start yeah. catching on. Like they're gonna be careful when they come on here now. They're like, <laughs> right. hold up, they taking my see quotes you, and <laughs> see you walking down the street. Something you said. <laughs> you say it's dropping jewels today. Dude, I, I like this brother. Thank man. you, very, man. This is a very different conversation. That's why you don't prejudge people. This is a very different conversation than I thought we were gonna have with uh, you, because uh, my experience is in the Midwest with pastors and, and people in Christianity, I've never even heard someone like this of like cursing and I never even, and, and, and my thing is why not if that's who you are? You made the point of being yourself and being, what does that have to do with your belief in the, crea the creator or anything else, your spirituality? And I've never heard someone say, and I know people have done it, but I just never heard it. A pastor saying, I went and hung with these individuals, these young people while they were doing what they do, and I didn't judge them, you know, to the point where they're like telling their baby, like, oh, this is my pastor, and they can't even believe it. To me, that is like, I've never even heard that in a Christianity context, and maybe I'm just limited in my experience. But no, I really no, I think, no, I think, no, e, I think you spot on. I think you spot on. It's just like, the fact is, we have been indoctrinated to believe that because you stand in the pulpit, you are perfect and uh, you are absolved from humanness. Yeah. yeah. That is my newest realization. Yeah. The pastor is a real dude. Exactly. Or a real woman that has, they have, there's no way to avoid some similar thoughts than I have, than they have. Now, some people are further along in their journey than others. Yep. You know, further along in that steadfastness and that obedience than others like i feel like i'm at the infancy of this journey for me but i can't have a cocktail <laughs> right I, I, I can't i got a mouth like a sailor that's gonna be a minute before i figure that out for me but i think we get caught up in what well, the pastors and they're not supposed to say what right, they, right. which is messing right. up the whole concept of why we don't even go to church because that dude ain't real because if i see him doing something if i see him yeah. You know, flip somebody the bird for cutting them off in traffic. Now he, oh, you the pastor, you shouldn't do that. You know, it's like, right. oh, you hanging out with the dude. This, oh, you the pastor, you shouldn't. Well, I'm supposed to judge the brother. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to right. lead the lead the sheep. You know, like. So I think that's or what it say, is. Say, or they'll say like if they see you flip bird, they might be like, oh, he's fake. You know, he, actually, he's being real. He's doing it while you write this. You exactly. Know, it's not, it's not hiding. So yeah, I mean. It's, 
it's very refreshing, man. I definitely appreciate that. Now, I, I wanted to get into this too. I know we're running out of time, and, and thank you for, for hanging in there with us. But oh, we are, I want to get into you talked a little bit about um, Africa. You said you were saying that you visited Africa, and I wanted to talk to the people about the current state of Christianity in Africa and how you see ancient Africa, what we really need to pull from that in today's time. Yeah. So I spent I spent a little time in Morocco. I'm actually trying to relocate there and <clears throat> get a second home. Um, so that's my space. So my time that I've spent in Morocco, uh, Islamic nation, Islamic culture, which I'm totally cool and comfortable with. Um, I didn't try. I didn't look for no Christians. I didn't look for no church. I like to be in different spaces and learning different things from different people. Um, I believe that Africa is the motherland of all people of all races. I believe that Christians need to stop whitewashing the Bible and listening to white evangelicals because they'll have you to believe that what's in the text didn't happen in Africa. That's Africa that you're reading from. And then black people in that Bible. Jesus looked more like us here than Michelangelo's boyfriend, who's actually hanging in most of our churches. Another come conversation. On, come for on. Another time. <laughs> Man, we might have to get into some of that too, because I know E, I know you E E is very focused. He's He's statistics, he's data, he's on task. I'm the opposite. I'm, there's a squirrel, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, right? So, so look, but so now, 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 how is the church? I want to ask this question because this is what Stu do. How's the church receiving the LGBT community? How is the church receiving pronouns and the transgender? How is the church receiving black? I ain't, I'm, I'm talking about black church. The only churches I know. Sure. How are we as a community of people, black folks, receiving? As are we? Are, and this ain't even a real question. Like, are we open to the LGBTQ pastor? We have to, right? Or will they have black LGBTQ community churches? Good question. Or are and is that appropriate? And is that appropriate? How is the church receiving this in relationship to the Bible? That's a very real question for me question. to you, brother. Yeah, man. Great Thank question. you for that question. I actually just recently connected past six months with the organization Pride in the Pew. Let me give them a shout out. And they're doing some amazing work in this space, LGBTQ plus community Pride, and the Pride black church. Pride in the Pew. Pride, Pride in, in the Pew. The pew. Okay, yep, y'all can Google and look them up, doing amazing work in this space. I've been brought on as a consultant to use my platform and voice to reach out to straight pastors, other straight pastors. They're developing curriculum that will help churches and help pastors to appropriately address the LGBTQ plus community that's a part of their church, that are often silent, that are often hurt and harmed in the church in multiple ways, mentally, spiritually, psychological psychologically and even physically. Um, all of that takes place in our church. And that community has always been a part of our church. We knew, we just didn't say nothing. We let it ride. They're part of the community. Um, did we always highlight them and put them in places of power and position? No, unless it was music. Let's be honest. <laughs> Outside that, we would pimp them for their gift and then diss them in the sermon. They didn't shout at us and got us to a spiritual place. <laughs> and then we lambast them when we get up to preach. That's happened. And so I think the tide is changing. I don't think it's changing quick enough. But I think, again, as more younger people shift into positions of power and leadership in the church, we younger people aren't as uh, standoffish about those taboo issues as an older demographic is. So I think some stuff has to be killed and other stuff is just going to die. So it depends on the context. 
Um, but it's 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 moving, it's changing, but it's a slow change that's happening. But again, I think that's because we still have so many senior saints that are in leadership. As the younger crew comes along, I think we'll see a total shift. Next five to 10 years, it won't be so much of an issue as it is now. All right. Thank if you're you, just thank tuning you. in, this is the Money, Sex, Gen X podcast. This is ep- season five, episode six. Should you go to church? We got Brother Stephen Thurston here. We're rounding home base. So, brother, I wanted to ask you, we, we, we got sidetracked from my Africa comment, but that's okay. I got another question that I want to ask you before we, we close out. If you were to be any other religion, what would you choose? I know you said you're open and you expose yourself, but what would you choose if you had if you chose another one? Man, I would I'd be Farrakhan Jr. Man, okay. I'd, <laughs> I love the That's not hard for me to believe either. That's not hard for me to believe. Yeah, yes, he's yeah. been connected with my family for decades. I love the minister. I like he was one of my idols, one of my mentors growing up from a distance. I was like, man, if I if my daddy wasn't Stephen Thurston, I'd be right over there on Stony <laughs> Island. And I will be his successor by now. In <laughs> NOI, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's dope. That's dope. I know a lot of people that might shock a lot of people out there, but the brother is being real. The brother yeah, is being yeah. real. The minister is so, a brilliant guy, genius. Absolutely. Absolutely. And saved many, helped save many lives, and including my own. So, yes, sir. Um, we got into a lot today. We got into a lot. So, we defined what church is. We talked about uh, solutions that are appropriate to today's society. We got to hear from what I would consider a very revolutionary gentleman when it comes to faith and Christianity. We talked about certain problems that can be addressed in terms of mental health, uh, embracing other communities that are kind of more prevalent nowadays. We were about to get into the Africa conversation. Sue, do we have time for that? What I, I do want to get a second. Yeah, you know, it's that. only 9.02. We still have, okay, we have so plenty of time. We early. have plenty of <laughs> time, yeah. So, brother, it's up to, it's really up to Stephen Jay, you know. We we do yeah, end, yeah. we try to end about 9.30, but, you know. Yeah, I got a few minutes. Okay, cool. It's got a Thank few you. minutes, all right. All right, so let's do this. So let's get into what is appropriate to pull from the African spirituality experience to use today? Man, I think a lot of African spirituality really already exists in the Black church. We just haven't named it <clears throat> because okay. we haven't done the research and we haven't done the history. Uh, we, we don't know about it, but it's actually there. Remnants of it are there. And we do it every Sunday and we don't recognize when the preacher's hooping, tuning up. Some people say he got some music in his voice. That traces back. The, the rhythmic uh, tone of our speech, that's from the motherland. Um, I mean, it's it's so much that we literally already do. And I would just encourage our people to do the homework, do the research, uh, because you hear people saying ignorant ass stuff about about that. And we can't do that. You shouldn't burn sage and all of that. Read your damn Bible. Like all of that stuff is already in there because they was doing it because they was over there. And this just translated and looks a different way in a Western context and 21st century context, but it's there. So I think that's that's a rich foundation of who we are and what we are. Uh, And and amazingly, again, because white people have whitewashed our faith tradition, um, we have kind of taken that mindset of, oh, that's bad. No, 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 no. That brought us. That kept us. That's what our people did centuries ago, generations ago, millennia ago, and it's still a part of us and we have to embrace it and be more intentional, I think, 
of including those elements uh, and naming those elements that we do do in our current worship experiences. Be more intentional, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for having this conversation with us today. Man, y'all have been a blast. Yeah, I love this combo. I can't wait to go back and rewatch it. I want you to take us out, if you could, by answering the question. Uh, you've answered it kind of in pieces, but if, you, if a young person is out there or an older person is not tapped in, should they go to church? Yes. I believe that you should be connected to a body of faith uh, for multiple reasons, for inspiration, uh, for elevation. We, we were created to be in relationship. Relationship is a critical component to our humanity and the church space, whether it be a virtual space or an in-person space, it provides a community for connectedness. We can learn, glean and grow from each other. Somebody has been where you currently are. And it's in that space where we can learn the path and the steps that they took to grow uh, and to change their lives, to move in the transformational space. Um, of course, I'm a Christian and Jesus's ministry was about change and transformation. And so anybody who's not changing, who's not transforming, you're an antichrist mm. from an etymological mm. sense of the word. Now mm. we change and transformation and we can't change and transform by ourselves because if we grade our own paper, we're going to always get an A. We need to be in community and community is the best place for us to change and grow. So make sure you're connecting with a community where you're not just going, but you're growing. Makes no sense to be a part of any church where you're just going out of ritual and routine. It needs to be a place of encouragement, enlightenment and development. Those are the critical components. You've got to be changing and transforming. Get what you can get out of it and give what you can give to it. Uh, because those people in that place called church, that place called community, they don't have it all. And God could be sending you to that place because you've got that missing component that that community needs to kind of level them up and take them to the next level. Indeed. I like how you said if you grade your own paper, paper you always get an A. That's an important point. It definitely ties in. Now, I heard you got a popping Facebook um, live thing that you're doing. Um, let the people know, because there's probably some people out there like, man, I'd love to go to his church or, or connect with his brother. Where can they find you? And what's up with this Facebook live that you got going on? Cool, man. I've got the mirror moment. It happens every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on my Facebook page, Stephen Thurston. You can find me there. Facebook every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, mirror moment. I deal with leadership and relationship. Those are my two areas of kind of focus and expertise. And we're actually doing a mirror moment meetup in Morocco in October. So if you want to get in on that, you want to get out the country, have some fun over in Africa, meet me. Uh, that information is on my Facebook page. Uh, you can visit my website, Stephen J. Thurston, Stephen with PH, StephenJThurston.com. I've got content there, again, for leadership, for relationship purposes, um, just a plethora of things on that platform where you can catch me. Instagram, Stephen Thurston, um, Twitter, SJT Speaks. Get at me. Um, okay. And then from a church perspective, if you want to connect, I'm serving as the executive pastor of the Salem Baptist Church of Chicago, the House of Hope. Salem, okay. I'm in that current role now with Pastor James Meeks. And so you can catch me over there uh, at the House of Hope. Indeed. And every, right. everything is online, too. All We can see the services online. Mm -hmm. Everything is online. To come in person or digitally, virtually. Yes, that's it. Indeed. Awesome. Indeed. Well, brother, thank you so much for coming out and being real. Right, Let's definitely you. stay in touch. And we'd love to have you back in our next season. We're going to let you go. We know you're busy. But thank you again. Man. Beautiful conversation. Thank you, man. Great meeting you, E.
Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Always good to connect with you, buddy. You as well, brother. I appreciate you. I will be hitting you up on some other stuff. So thanks a lot, man. Let's do it. Stephen J. Thurston, y'all. Stephen J. Thurston, indeed. Wow. Episode six, man. I love it. I love it. Episode six. What what I thought it was going to be through at all. Yeah. Feel free to log on off, Jay, uh, Stephen. You in the green room. We're going to keep going with our show, man. We'll catch up with you. Thanks a lot, brother. All right, all right. That was yeah, refreshing. Man. That was refreshing. So, yeah, right, I, I, so I, you didn't you didn't know you didn't know that he was gonna be coming like that. Yeah, you don't know, and that's why I try not to prejudge. No, I knew I knew how he was gonna but come. But it still wasn't what I you know I wasn't prejudging, but I still thought it was gonna be here. You know no, I, mean? I knew what so, it was gonna be. I when, like yeah. I say, when you get a chance, if you ever get a chance to see his his socials, you know he he and and that's part of. I was gonna say I think he's gonna definitely be ushering in. A the next generation of of churchgoers for sure. Oh, I can see that. People, can see the, that. you know, yeah. the old has to go out. No, there's not a, but you know, you know things, things, and then there's a transition. But I see him leading. That's why I said these next 10, 20 years, bro. It's you had this kind of. You'd be like, man, remember this conversation we said in 10, 20 years, man. That dude was gonna be run. He, you know, I like. It happened. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, I heard it here first. Uh, that's a prediction, yeah. you know. You know, I man. I was, I was, I would really agree with you on that. I could see that, and that's what I like about what we're doing with this show. It's like, it, it, even though I'm sure this brother has a large audience already, but our show gives Gen Xers a way to connect, possibly with a new audience. Yeah. Right. There's somebody out there that didn't know him. Uh, my wife was on. I saw her making a comment about yeah. the metaverse. She may not have known about this brother, but I want us to continue to do that, man. It can provide a place and a space for people to become connected to a new audience. Yeah, yeah. Let's do do it. Let's keep doing it. Let's keep doing it, and let's keep finding some dope people to bring on the show. So we got another segment that we got to get into. We got two more segments. We got Tales from... This is Tales from... No, this is a character from Corporate. Oh, we got a character. I, I labeled it wrong. I labeled it wrong. Yeah, it came in, but it, it's characters from corporate. All right. Um, characters from <laughs> corporate, if you're just tapping in, we try to give some feedback. Uh, me and Stu are older gentlemen. So yeah. we've had some corporate experience. I would maybe seasoned is a better word. Mm-hmm. Have some corporate experiences. We try to give some feedback to younger people. Sometimes people are age. All right. Mm-hmm. So today we got a Gen Z. From Wilmington, Delaware. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. East Coast be rapping for sure. The East Coast yeah, be rapping. That East Coast represent. So he says, "Hi, I'm a black Gen Z dude <laughs> from Wilmington, Delaware. Thank you for doing these segments. It's hard to get career feedback out this biatch. <laughs> Didn't expect to see that. I'm like, okay, Gen Z. <laughs> Gen Z, all right. He wrote it. He so, wrote it out like that. He wrote it out like that. Thank you for being yourself, sir. Yeah, right? love it, love it, love it. But he said, um, anyway, I'm young, so people don't think I know anything in my public relations corporate job. I feel like what I know is more relevant than these old timers because I grew up with social media, which dominates how things are done right now. My question is, how can I help my coworkers see my expertise without them, without making them feel like I'm just a young guy trying to show them up? 
Hmm. All right. That's so young, Gen Zer, Wilmington, East Coast, he's public relations. You feel like he's has a better pulse on what's going on because of how he came up. Social media is dominating. He wants to show the old timers like us a little something, but doesn't want to seem like he's showing them up. So what advice would you give him? My first piece of advice, E, I would tell him, slow down, man. Slow down. Relax. Okay. Relax. Relax. Just re- first is first piece. Hey, brother, listen. Relax. Take a deep breath and relax. Ease into it. That's what's going to release the tension. You the tension right now. Because you're pressing an an environment that ain't ready to be pressed. So relax. Chill out. And just do what you do. Ease, bro. What's your deadline? What's your deadline? Are you trying to make something happen by July, December, (laughs) six months? You know what I mean? Next year. Yeah, like what's you up against? So you have to relax. If you don't feel, if you like, no, 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 I better do, then you need to probably go demonstrate, go do it on your own first and then bring the results back and say, hey, this is what I did. I took it upon myself. I took the initiative to do this on behalf of this company, this brand. Let me show you the results and show those results and how they affect the bottom line, right? Those are your two options. Well, really, it's not even your two options. Those are my two pieces of information. Slow down, relax, if and ease into it. And if you have to get to the point where you really feel strong enough to want to prove how valuable you are, then go do it, prove it, and bring back the results and show the results. That's my advice to you. But right now, you, you, you're going too hard. Relax. I think that's great advice. I think that's great advice. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I mean, it does sound like you've got some, some event that's coming up that you're trying to get <laughs> recognition for. Yeah. So, I, you know, young brother, I don't want you to get devastated if July hit and you don't get what you want. You <laughs> <laughs> might not do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. They probably see you really you really need, you know, when people really think you need something, they try to play you. So you got to yeah. you got to relax, like Stu said, and, and let it come to you. If you know what you're doing, like you said, do your work. Um, you can get on social media and add value. It's a lot of things you can do. People can tap in and they'll see what's up. Give us some time. That, that leads me to kind of what that, and I'm doing this intentionally. I'm In this moment, what I'm about to say is all very intentional. That leads me into kind of the image of the pictures that I sent to you this morning. Mm-hmm. You know what oh, I'm yeah. talking about? Yes. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about? No doubt. Yeah, I do. So I had to. I've been looking for, we've been working on some stuff for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And once I learned to relax, okay. I can start. And, and I'm still easing into it because I haven't, that's an ease into it moment. Right. I'm, right. This is an ease into it moment. Yeah. And uh, my name ain't on it, but yeah. I'm a part of the process. So I had to relax. I had to slow down. And if you do that, then in time, because I ain't on no clock. Other right. than e-, e money trying to retire and never work again, I already know I'm gonna be working till I'm ninety years old. I'm gonna be cutting deals from the side of the bed. Well, I'm at you know like you know so you never know you never know. Yeah, I might I'm, be the one. You might be the one retired and I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> you never I just know. don't mind cutting the deal, but you know so 
Yeah, yeah. E relax, homeboy. You you and he is Gen Z. Gen Z, yeah, yeah. So my now my question is like, yeah, what's your what's what's your desk what's your destination and how will you know when you get there? Yeah, and what will I've you do when dude. you get there? I've been that dude, so I get it. I've, you know, I've I've alienated a lot of people trying to get to where I'm trying to go, and, and you know, by any means necessary type thing. So please, it, it's not the way to go. But good that you're ambitious, though. I mean, some people, yeah. man, they don't even want to. They don't want anything specifically, so they don't ever achieve very much. So I think it's good that you want something. But I, what I would have liked for you to do is lead with what you really want. You don't really want to show your coworker something, you're trying to get to a bag or a title or something. Yeah. Keep it real with yourself, man. What are you really trying to get to? You want to be the, you want to be the leader of the organization. You want to be the boss. You want to better pay, you want to tell people what to do. That's what you really want. So yeah, that, yeah, if that's it, if that's it. And how soon, like, what's your deadline for getting there? Cause like, if you, again, if you don't have it by the top of next year, is that your deadline? And then you're moving on to the next. So that's super important. This is a good one, man. This actually yeah, is a really important. good one. Yeah, this is yeah, a good, yeah. Yeah, good, good segment, man. We need to start shopping these up where we have a clip just for characters in corporate. I think it's important. You know what I mean? Maybe so they the could submit their... straight to it. And yeah, maybe they could submit their video question. We could show oh, that'd be time. dope too. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. Yeah. We'll get to that, no doubt. Right, Tales from the startup there. too. It'd be a nice video. We can play the clip in the episode. Let us be the example. We're easing into our destination, and we actually do have a deadline. I think we have a general. We'll we'll go back and revine it, but we have a destination that we're easing into, little brother. You know, so yeah, yeah, and and and, and, and yeah, to that point too. Yeah, with the podcast, we have had to say slow down a couple of times. To ourselves like yo just do the work if the work is good you'll get everything you need just do the work don't try to do everything at once so we we've to this point we've taken this advice even with this show we're in season five you know what i mean and season one we you know it's like yo, do a good show do a good show now we're more calm even before the show starts it's like uh we, we're telling each other get the energy up we're so laid back. You know, we used to be. So, you know, it, it, it's just how it plays out. But we're calm. We're, we're, we're following our own advice. All right? Yeah. So good. Um, that was a good one. Yeah, great good one. We can't do an episode without, without acknowledging E-Money's wardrobe spotlight. So for all of you all who you may not know, E-Money be on it. He coming here not to play. Every week, he's rarely dressed. I don't think I've only seen like maybe less than a handful of episodes where he's been this casual. But yeah. let me identify E Money is rocking. This is a classic event a champion hoodie, the champion. throwback 19, 1991 era champion hoodie. And that's embroidered in there, I'm sure. Indeed, indeed. Okay, the that's what I'm saying. Jump. That's the embroidery joint. Hoodie and and the Chicago Bulls Scully in 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 MSG colors. Got to do it, brother. I was born in Cook County. I was born in Cook County Hospital, nineteen seventy three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, you know what, man? man. Today I was like, 
because we had the posh I was about to put the suit on and all that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just chill, man. I'm going to just wear something comfortable, represent the, the shy colors, and just relax. So it was good, man. I kind of like that. And you used to do that. You're dressing up now. We switched. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm finding the zone. I'm in the zone. I like yeah, where I'm yeah. at with the – I'm trying to find how, what I'm, how I'm going to rock the rest of this year. And I'm okay. think I'm gonna I'm think I'm leaning towards this kind of style for That's the rest of the year. Even All in the right. summer, I want to come kind of, kind of not not dressed up, but like man, I'm 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 51, bro. Yeah, I'm in yeah. here. Yeah, I'm in here. 51. 51. I just had a B day. I just had a B day. Oh, I thought you just turned 50, man. Last year. Okay. Last okay. year, I turned was the big five up. Okay, the big homie, the big homie. The big homie and the big... But let me say, it's something that I did take away since we're talking about fashion and style. Something heavy that I took away from Stephen J's fashion style. And he is he is a go-to of my... He's one of the, he's one of my go-tos for fashion and style as well. He is. All right, that's real talk. But it's something that I took away from his wardrobe that I do not have in my wardrobe that I am going to be adding immensely into my wardrobe. Do you know what that one thing is? I'm trying to think about that, brother. Is it the V-neck sweater? So no, I got one. Okay. It's not the it's not the it's not the sweater itself. I don't have any color in my ah, wardrobe. You gonna spice it up? I don't have any color. Right. I don't have any bright color. I don't have any yellow. Anything yellow? You oh. know, I don't have I don't have any bright colors. His yeah, I've never seen colors. you in any bright colors either. I don't have any bright colors. And I was honestly, if there was a part of me like, how is he pulling this off? Because I don't think I could ever. I'm big. So me in the yellow shirt is like seeing. And I don't know if that's <laughs> perceived. I'm, I'm Big Bird. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta be I mean, but I want to add some color. His color yeah. of his wardrobe gave it just. I was like, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm like, good. man, I'm I dark. Like I'm I'm, yeah, I like the green. I told him that. Yeah, that was fly. It was fly. Big Stu about to get his fashionista on. Yeah, you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna I like to see that big Stu. I like to see that some red, it. orange, or something like that. That's cool. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't even have anything other than a white dress shirt. I, I don't have any like white tops. Like a, I thought, and I was out this week, and I thought about there was a white crew neck. That was beautiful. And I was just like, man, that's only like two wears before I can't wear it no more, though. Because it's white. After that first first rip, it's over. That's why I didn't buy it. I was like, that's a two, that's that's two wears. That's two, two, two wears before two, three wears before it's over. Yeah, I make that mistake with chicks a lot of times. Like, I'll get I love white sneakers, man. But you know they're gonna get dirty after three or four times. So yeah. it is what it is. I just like them. I don't like black kicks like that. Yeah. You know I mean? So yeah, I hear you, man. Spice it on up. Let us see what I'm, you I'm got going some. on. I'm gonna bring some for you. So who we got for the pool artist listening today? Oh man, we have a brand new artist on pool, which is super exciting. By the way, our URL we're still we're still pool. Poolofmusic.com. Poolofmusic.com. If we got I'm an event mis- coming up, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, our first... Uh, let's talk about that for a second. We have just a few minutes. Our first poolofmusic.com. Pool is having their first annual... And you're part of it. We're having our first, hosting our first ever virtual artist feedback session. Oh, listening feedback. feedback session. So it's a behind the scenes. We have an amazing 
DJ producer Jeff the Ellis is dropping a new project with a new artist. And he wants to get feedback from some people that will help him decide what to do. And we at Pool, because he's a part of our community of artists, we've assembled and are assembling in this moment and a, di- a dynamic panel of industry insiders that will listen to Jeff the Illis's music and have raw, unadulterated con- uh, conversation and give him feedback about his music before he releases it. Now, here's the kick. He can't he can't respond to any of their conversations about his music. He can't respond. Play, play a little bit, and if they play 20, 30 seconds, and then if they say they want to hear more, then you play more. Now, he can't talk until the very end. It's only an hour event. He's going to play like three to five songs. And look, the panelists, Mr. Robert Vaughn, an old Motown, Motown music guy who's still in the business today. We just secured a guest who's been on our show. You've introduced me to him. Mm-hmm. Filthy Rockwell. Grammy Award winner. Grammy Award winner. Filthy yeah, Rockwell, about. music producer. I'm okay. talking to DJ Lays from MOP today. He's a producer, DJ, and seeing if he could get on. And we've got a couple of other great, great surprises that may be on this panel that we're working on. So that's next week. What, you know what I thought about? Another guest we had, brother from D.C. Uh, remember Black History? Black History. Yes, sir. He'd yes, sir. Dope. He'd be dope to having that, too, if he's available. We're going to reach out to him. We're gonna re- yeah, so you cool. had a, you opened that rabbit hole, man. That was two minutes. Ahead. What, what's the two date of that, though, again? Because I'm looking forward to that. Saturday. Saturday, February 19th. February 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. You know, by the time by the time most people see this, y'all have to catch the replay. Y'all have to catch the replay. But if you're live, if you're here now, you're here today, that's what's happening. All right, but uh, before you play this real quick, I want to make sure everybody knows our season finale for season five is week after next. We are doing a colorism episode, mm-hmm, light mm-hmm. skin, dark skin, all of that. We're going to talk about that and get into it and see what that looks like in today's time. I think we talked about in our first season, School Days, which talk, talked a lot about that and other mm-hmm, different pieces mm-hmm. of cinema. We're going to talk about it in 2022, so tune in for that. Same time, but it's week after next. Okay. All right. Finale. Season finale. We're, that's uh, the February 26th, so two weeks. Two weeks, two weeks. So we'll be back here. Those are, if we're doing, trying something new, we're going to introduce. Hey, follow us on the gram, yo. Follow me uh, at Professor Stu, at Mr. Eric underscore Eric McLoyd. Follow us, yo. Check us out. That's what it is. Yes, sir. All right. So we have a new artist, brand new. Her name is New. I think I'm saying it right. N-O-U. We're going to listen to a song called Turn On. Turn On. Turn, turn, turn. Turn. Play turn. All right, here we go. Here we go. New. That's not it. Here we go. See, I'm loving the me. Looking for good company. Let's see what my dignity. You know I'm not too shy. I'm so sorry. Had to get you out the way It's goodbye on with my day 
Always felt a bit afraid, but I'm too young to die. I know that you will be alright. Always felt the need to feed your fire. If only we weren't who we were. Maybe then I love when it's you know I think about you on the days When the sun gets shy and it rains Probably wanna call you every day But you know I'm too wise I won't cry Had to get you out the way It's goodbye on Imani, I, I, I need to ask you a favor, brother Yes, sir I know we're up against time But I need to ask if I can do that over Yeah, If no I doubt. can introduce yeah, new yeah. over Yes, because did, did. she deserves to be introduced this way. She has a, she has a music video, and if we're gonna okay. we're in 2022, so if we're gonna be playing and introducing new music, we need to step into the new times and give them something visual. Great idea uh, here. So okay. I want to I want to take it. I want and, and it's beautiful. This is this artist is exclusive on Pool. This is a brand new artist, brand new artist, new. The song is Turn, and we're gonna go. We're going to go like this, E. Here we go. Left to all my dignity. You know I'm not too shy. I'm too sly. Had to get you out the way. It's goodbye on with my day. Always felt a bit afraid. But I'm too young to die. I know that you will be alright. Always felt the need to feed your fire. If only we weren't who we were. Maybe then I love when it's a turn. This is new, man. It's on pool, man. This is where we are in 2022, man. Yeah, I like you played the video. That's good. The people see what's going on. We got a good, we have a good mixture of great music on the platform, man. Some great music on pool. If you all are interested, go on over poolofmusic.com. Check it out. And one of the sponsors. And let's also give a shout out to our other sponsor, hubriswealth.us. Yes, the sponsor of this episode, season five, episode six, Hubris Wealth. If you need help getting your finances in order for your personal, your life, legacy, or your business, holler at the financial therapist and go over to hubris wealth and get your financial affairs and life in order yes sir let's increase that net worth get that net worth up okay that's all we got this week man all right that's all we got this week beautiful episode brother thank you for uh thank you all for tuning in we'll see you week after next and until then until then brother it is absolutely peace.
combo. Maybe then I'll learn to make a turn.